There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? Hello there. This is where the fun begins. This is the way. Hello and welcome to the Pod Awakens. My name is Jordan. With me, as always, on these Ahsoka recaps is Chris and Ron. How are you, take Chris? Doing fantastic. You know, we have an awesome episode we watched last night. And you know what I did? I, I was going to rewatch it, and I just ended up seeing all the clips on TikTok. And it's like, I'm just like a soaking, soaking in all of the glory. Because it is fantastic television, ladies You're and gentlemen. You're Ahsoka, Ahsoka-ing it in? <laughs> You're oh, Ahsoka-ing I, it in, yeah. I am Ahsoka-ing it in. It's fantastic. I had so much fun last night, I can't even tell you. And we have Ron. But How are you, Ron? Uh, very good. You know, I could definitely echo all of Chris's sentiments. It's, it's really cool. It seems like right now, Star Wars is more the talk of the town, so to speak, than it's been in a long time, and for good reason. Um. I'm still in, uh, I think it's the best Star Wars I've ever seen territory, and I'm excited to kind of break it all down today with some new theories that have been bouncing around today. Mm, new theories. Mm. Uh, and I'm fine. Uh, thanks for asking. But anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we went... I guess uh, <laughs> you could tell us how you're doing, Jordan. <laughs> we went live yesterday for the finale. Thanks to everyone who came out and watched, and we had people commenting and sharing their theories. It was a fun time. I put up the immediate reaction, which did very well, so thank you all for listening to that. But we're going to do our more standard recap today where we can kind of you know dive into more long-form discussions here. But we're talking part eight, The Jedi, The Witch, and The Warlord, which I, I love that title. Uh, it's written by Dave Filoni, directed by Rick Famuyiwa, and it aired October 3rd, 2023 on Disney+. And the official synopsis was the hero's race to prevent Grand Admiral Thrawn's escape. Uh, so just some general stuff real quick, too. You know, there was Deadline putting out something that Season 2 is not yet greenlit, and discussions are happening. Uh... I'm not too worried about it, right? The, the Star, Lucasfilm usually has control over whatever they want to do. So that's what it is. I, I'm sure uh, they couldn't greenlight it beforehand because of the writer strike anyway. There was a rumor going around that it was close to being greenlit during the strikes too. So um, I'm sure there's some stuff they have to wrap up at now that the strikes are done to be able to get that in motion. But I heard their priority right now is to get Mando season four off the ground, which was, com you know, completely written. Uh, so once they get these actor strikes done, they're going to start really trying to ramp up on ramp up on that. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's, uh, let's dive in. Hold on before yeah. we dive in. That's, 
that is kind of interesting if all of that was written already. Um, I wonder how they were getting ready to film. They were getting ready to film uh, by later this. It was supposed to be this fall, I think, before the strikes happen. Um, just really quick here. How much do you uh, guys think the events of this show are going to play into that then? Because if this, like, I, I don't know, because there's going to be a lot of different, like, rewrites and stuff, obviously, for the end of us. Unless they just go and recast uh, Balen Skull, which we do hope they do. But say they have to go do a bunch of rewrites on Ahsoka, and, like, if they already had this story planned for Mandalorian, like, thinking Balin Skull was like going to be in the future plans and all the stuff we're going to get into today with the uh, Mortis gods and stuff. Like, do you think that that could potentially change season four of Mando? I mean, I'm the wrong guy to ask because I'm not like caught up. I was, oh, yeah. to, I was yeah. trying to unmute but, too, by the way. Uh, sorry, uh, but what I would say is you have to imagine Thrawn is really the big thing there. And I would think they'd save Balin's skull for the next Ahsoka season because yeah. they really don't need to wrap that up and they can kick that can down the road. Yeah, I don't think we would have to worry too much about, look, Dave and John work pretty hand in hand together and Rick Famuyiwa directed this episode and he is now executive producer with yeah. them on Mandalorian and stuff. So I would assume that they had this stuff planned out. John wrote, probably most of the episodes for Mando season four. That was the rumor that he was like, you know, that they were, they were all written ready to go. I think he talked about it. I don't think it was even a rumor. I think he talked about it in some sort of uh, interview before the uh, strikes happened. So I, I, I think at that point they would be, I, I, I think Chris is right. Balin's probably not appearing in Mando season four. I would assume this is going to focus more I think they're going to try to get back to Mando season one and two stuff where it's focusing on Din and focusing on Grogu and those two. Now that the Mandalore stuff is resolved, mm. I think that from there, um, you're going to get hints of the Thrawn stuff. You may even see him, but I think we're going to kind of carry more of the state of the galaxy. We might even get some more new Republic stuff again. We might get Carson Tava with Mando again. Oh, we're getting Carson Tava. If it's a Disney Plus show, you bet your ass we're getting Carson Tava. You know, guys living the dream, man. Uh, yeah. Just being able to play with Star Wars like this. And uh, yeah, so we're, we're probably going to get stuff through those lens. And maybe he, you know, because Carson Tava helped out Mando. Maybe Mando has to try to help out Carson Tava, maybe this is where we get more Zeb, right? And, and we kind of get that stuff as we start building up to Ahsoka Season 2, which is probably what I'm thinking is the last project before this film, right? So what I would think is we're going to get Skeleton Crew, which continues this stuff too. Uh, mm. More on a peripheral type of thing, I would think. And then you're going to get probably Mando Season 4, Ahsoka Season 2, the Dave Filoni film after that. You know, that is interesting though, because everything we've heard about skeleton crew is that it takes place in, you know, they, it's been what just deep space is kind of how they put it. Like the, mm -hmm. as far, so what if skeleton crew is like directly, you know, kind of tied into maybe they're the ones that end up finding Ahsoka and all them. And you know what? Like, there's a lot of possibilities there. Could and be we'll, on the we'll, other we'll... side of it too, like the unknown regions, which is kind of where 
you know, when you look at where Palpatine was being resurrected in, in Exegol and stuff, kind of in that unknown regions, maybe it's more hanging out in, in that regard. Maybe we get, maybe that's where Thrawn and them are going to hang out after they stop off at Dathomir or something. I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we'll, uh, I guess we'll see. Not to, sorry, I didn't mean to take us on such a side tangent there, but that'll be one of the many things that we talk about in the, the off time between now and uh, the Acolyte. Yeah, I actually still think Skeleton Crew is supposed to come out first. All right, I think, yeah, we talked about that. It was originally supposed to be this year. I'm thinking it's just going to be pushed to, to next year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I think we're set for that to... Oh well, yeah, it's it, everything still says it's expected to be November or December, but I, I think that's going to get pushed due to the strikes. I think they're going to want content for 2024, so mm-hmm. I, I assume that's probably going to be a, a little bit later. But there's no Marvel show until Echo in January, and that's all at once. So you could get maybe Skeleton Crew, crew beforehand yeah. if you want. Yeah. Also, uh, just before, I guess before we <laughs> before we get started, I guess we'll let people know that uh, in a few weeks here we're we're going to be actually kind of piggybacking off what we did last night with our uh, live stream. We thought that was a lot of fun. Again, we love the the interaction, so we're going to be getting some Star Wars rewatches going uh, in the similar vein of what we did last night. So be on the lookout for that. That is going to be awesome. Uh, we're starting with. My personal favorite, of course, episode one, The Phantom Menace. So you can watch with all of us. You can, you know, disagree with everything that I say positive about the movie. Uh, you could be smart like me and actually enjoy the movie. Either way, come hang out with us. We'll have a cup of coffee and uh, break this ish down. Well, it's, we'll have a cup of something. <laughs> yeah, a cup of something. <laughs> I'll say this. I'm looking forward to rewatching uh, the prequels because I haven't done it in a very long time. And I, I don't think I've seen the first. One. I've rewatched the second and third one. I don't think I've seen the first one since I was a kid. I think I saw it in the theater and wow. maybe once at home like that. So the first episode one, I, I don't think I've seen that one in a while. Get ready for the cinematic experience of your life. <laughs> Okay. All right. I guess let's. Uh... <laughs> Ten minutes in. Let's go. Let's talk about Ahsoka. Yeah. Let, let's move on. Talk Ahsoka. So you mentioned. Uh, you you had some new theories. So I don't think we have to recap the episode specifically. I think we can kind of just run free, talk about the whole season, talk about ideas. So, um, yeah. What's what's the number one theory you have going into? whatever's next yeah let's let's jump kind of right in here um just full disclosure this is not my theory at all it actually involves a character that i'm not all that familiar with aside from uh like little little things i've learned from like tiktok and stuff like that people who've kind of uh you know brought this this character to my periphery uh before this um take that i heard is it possible that the, the one that's calling Balin's skull is Abalon? So, I don't, again, I'm not too, too familiar with with uh, her. I know she is bad news, um, and I know that she's got some kind of deep-seated connection 
with the force and all that. But um, I think you'd probably, as as a big legends guy, would be much more equipped to to talk about that theory. Uh, not really. I'm not too familiar with Abeloth, but it is supposed to be the uh, the mother, right? Is kind of what mm-hmm. she's supposed to be. Um, and we have the father, we have the son, we have the daughter, which is represented in Mortis. We mm-hmm. had them in the uh the statues. We we mm-hmm. had all of them represented here because, like I said, we had the two statues. Uh, the daughter's head was off, but we did have the Morai, the owl, that does represent the daughter as well. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I think that could possibly be what we're heading to, is kind of getting more depth with with these Mortis, almost godlike, right, uh, creatures, uh, religion-esque. Um, so she usually, it says, like, throughout her life, she became the... She became the mother. She kept the peace between the father's warring son and daughter and became Mm -hmm. a loving member of the family. But apparently she was mortal and she grew old while the father and the children lived on. Uh, So maybe, maybe you get a replacement of Abeloth because Abeloth's uh, mortal, right? Uh, I mean, Mm -hmm. it could be, could be anything like that, I guess, but. Cause she doesn't look very mortal in the pictures I've seen. I don't know if you could, if it, how much of yeah. a pain it would Let be to see. flash one up on the screen here. But Chris, when you see this, this, <laughs> she is uh very bad news and it looks very akin to the kind of vibe we got from last night's episode with the horror and like mm. sort, of, sort of go on that scary star Wars route. Like I, I want that scary star Wars zombie good stuff. I'm like, yeah, let's have some stormtroopers eating some brains here. Let's, you know, I, I'm all about it. I think that's fantastic. And like, you, you don't have swords, you got lightsabers, zombies <laughs> with lightsabers. It's a whole new ballgame. That's like Dave Filoni was just sitting in his basement, um, enjoying a funny cigarette and was just like, man, I want to <laughs> see zombies and lightsabers, man. <laughs> well, obviously, there is, there is, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for for it? Uh, like it's happened before, like in the legends lore, but uh, just something that on the surface and out of context, if you hear without knowing, it's just like, where is Star- what does Star Wars become? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I'm a big believer that Star Wars should never be conventional television. Mm-hmm. It should never be. Is this the picture like, you found? Yep. Holy. No, no. Oh god! Yeah, I don't know who drew this, but um, um someone with very bad this, dreams. This is the Wikipedia psycho- one. Psychopathy. <laughs> this is the Wikipedia. <laughs> Fuck evil ditto. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's gonna make a clone of Ron. We're all in trouble. Uh, I, yeah, I think it'd be interesting. I think you do run the risk of losing some people, right? With with that kind of stuff. But I think if it's presented a certain way, it'll be more acceptable, right? Like, I, I think if you break stuff down for people, I, I like the idea more of that these are not real people, right? Like, like the Mortis people, Mortis actually didn't even happen, right? Like, they wake up on the mm-hmm. ship later and they're like, yeah. the clones are like, nothing even happened. Yeah. Um, 
commander what what happened it was like a shared force vision and i i yeah. like it more as like a concept like that than if like they're actually going to introduce these people as like real uh beings or whatever I mean, they have they have massive statues made of them though you'd have to think they're yeah, we have statues of Jesus and like God and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, Jesus was real, but I mean like God and stuff, right? <laughs> like, um, that even go there. There, I'm just saying, like, you know, pe- people make statues of like the uh, like the Egyptian gods, even and the Roman gods and stuff. That's so true. It could true. be that whoever was there, right, uh, had these ideas of their religion. This is like the original, maybe the original force religion type of thing uh, mm-hmm. along. Cause like the night sisters are from there. We have the, the statues of the, you know, the father and the son and the daughter that I think our characters will kind of represent maybe those sides. Right. Um, maybe a bit more and it won't be like a one-on-one, like I am meeting Abeloth or yeah. I am meeting the sun and stuff. Gotcha. Yeah, that could be. Although I will say that statue of the sun looked an awful lot like Mr. Sam Whitworth. Just, you know. I kind of see it, but uh, I don't know. I think. What kind of voice is you going to put on that? He, he kind of just looks like what his animated form voice. looked like. <laughs> Sam Witwer is a voice god. He could do any voice. Mm-hmm. You know what he's most na- famous for, right? Is Who's playing uh, no Doomsday uh, in Smallville. Is his most notable role. Sure, Jordan. <laughs> that is what <laughs> I know him from. Like the first time I saw him was on Smallville when I was watching that. So then every time I saw him appear somewhere else, I'd be like, oh, it's Doomsday from Smallville. And then now I kind of associate him more with Star Wars, right? Because he's done Darth Maul. He's done uh, Star Killer Killer. and all that kind of stuff. But originally it was always, I go back to that, you know, to that original spot where I know him from. Mm -hmm. Shut up. (laughs) One thing I saw that kind of made me question stuff, right? So I, we were all high on it yesterday and then I'm like, Oh, let me try to find other people talking about it. And that was a mistake. Um, <laughs> Usually is <laughs> something internet's motto. <laughs> but I saw so many people say like, it's disappointing. There's no, there was no answers for anything. And I really want to know what their, what answers are we looking for? Right? Because yeah. most of the plot for this season was completely wrapped up. The first questions we had were where's Ezra? Where's Thrawn? We answered mm-hmm. those halfway through the series, and then Thrawn returned. Ezra was able to get back home somehow. Right, <laughs> somehow Thrawn returned. That's what uh, that's what Mon Mothma is going to say at the beginning of season two. <laughs> <laughs> but shocked is like, all good out. <laughs> I don't understand what other big questions there were. Now the obviously the questions we have at the end of the episode, I get right, like okay. Balin is doing this thing. Shin is going with the, but those are obviously setting pieces up to continue the story, which I feel like any finale should do, right? Like, yeah. When you have, I don't know, it's very 
screams to me is like when like lost was on and like the first season and it, and not everything was solved. I'm like, well, obviously, cause they want you to watch season two. Like you have to have some stuff to draw you back. And I don't expect any show to fully wrap up every single thing because then there's no thread. Right. To, yeah. to go on for the next season. Yeah, dude, that's, that's, television 101 i mean like that was a big part of what always drew me into the walking dead like at the end of every season it was like oh god but here's this like prison and what's the deal with that oh no the governor's still out there it's like they would solve enough to make you feel satisfied but you have to you know uh drum up intrigue for the next season if we knew like first of all if we knew like if they wrapped up the whole balin thing in, in this episode it would have been way too rushed way forced and like then what do you do like yeah it, it just it blows my mind when people go that route it's it's just people looking for a reason to complain like well it's, yeah no you're good it just it, it upsets me that people are acting like because he died they should wrap it up when they didn't know that was going to happen he was how are they gonna how yeah no, and, i know you're not saying this but how yeah, are they gonna yeah, wrap it up he right. was dead what were they right. like what were they gonna do and uh the other thing about it is i just wish we'd stop whining because we it takes away from ray stevenson's incredible performance and he should be remembered for all his credits that act as an actor but especially the way he goes out here and I, I just I was like crap I need to watch all his IMDb stuff because this is a compelling actor who did a great job Emmy and I just and, and when you complain about that storyline you're picking at him in my opinion and it doesn't make any sense because the character was awesome the actor delivered it and now you're just gonna have to recast it to get that so I'm sorry it's uncomfortable that you have to recast someone. But let's not act like we have not done this before with other media. What I would say is, right, like, obviously people might go back to when we were talking about it before the finale. and We all kind of said, yeah, we hope they wrap it up because we don't want that to happen. But that was us saying, like, we hope they wrote it as a complete story for him and mm. not like we don't obviously expect them to just somehow wrap it up when there was a writer strike going on and an actor strike going on and he passed like th there was no way to do that so if they have something really big planned there's three options there's recast there is drop part. it completely and then there is shin going to look for him and then taking up his mission Right. Like, I think those are the three options. And I think the one that probably worked the best is recasting. But you have to find somebody that can really bring what Ray Stevenson brought. And I know some people say nobody could, but we've seen actors work their magic before. Somebody definitely can bring that type of level of respect and stuff. You can literally cast a games of game of thrones actor probably and, uh, i was thinking more like uh like jorah and not uh not ned yeah. stark though jorah could work i think um yeah jorah would be great Khaleesi. yeah yeah there you go but i think there's 
you know, there's levels of actors that can come in and, and definitely knock it out of the park. And yes, it'd be unfortunate, but I don't, I don't really want a whole plot line that seems to be deep, really hinting at deep mythological star Wars force lore to be dropped because of that. So it seems like Dave had a big idea. Things that are probably crucial to to what he has planned arc that they're planning. Like you have to, you just, you have to, it's very unfortunate. And like, if, if as incredible and Emmy worthy as this performance was, if we were talking about, like one of the the legacy like really like a luke or somebody like that maybe the conversation would be a little different but it's it's like it's it's not a situation like that or like with with chadwick boseman how that was where he was just like so ingrained in like again i'm trying to like tiptoe around it because i don't want to trivialize uh ray stevenson's impact and when but it's not trivializing it it's not trivializing at all it's being realistic to the situation there are very few characters who are are irreplaceable chadwick boseman was a status of symbol he was a icon to a black america that was an icon he did something he crossed a barrier ray stevenson just had a great acting performance Mm-hmm. And it's completely different. You cannot replace some people. It's fine. But, you know, Star Wars is going to be in an uncomfortable position because they're probably going to have to recast everyone at some point. Because, I mean, this it's one story and it keeps going. And I don't know that you want to CGI Mark Hamill after he's gone. <laughs> uh, we saw that say. one with The Flash and uh, Christopher Reeve being digitally put in uh, and George Reeve being uh, put in. It's just... And you have a lot of anger about that. Well, you know what? Mark Hamill's fine with you CGI and him fine. That's great until it's not. Until that doesn't work, everyone's going to have to be recast. So I think you just have to have some flexibility as a viewer that he's going to look different. I don't know if everyone has to be recast because I do think we can get to a point where we can leave characters like Luke and Leia in the past. Mm. Uh, That's why it's really crucial for some of these other characters to really start taking over the, you know, the load. Um, there will be a time where we have to kind of either move on from the episodes three through six eras where these characters can kind of show up or they just don't show up. Right. Like at a certain point, those characters will stop showing up. I think they're not going to be comfortable recasting Luke and Leia because of what happened with solo which is a total misread of the situation, I think. But that's what they determined, is that, oh, it wasn't it wasn't uh, Harrison Ford. Guess what? Indy didn't do that well with Harrison Ford. So it's not just that, right? It's that people were not interested. It came out like six months after The Last Jedi, which is like a sh- really short and, time. And right after, what was it, Infinity War or Endgame? Right after Infinity War, yeah. Like, dude come on like it yeah that so this was is why, why it didn't do well but they came out my wedding weekend i still made a chance to go see it. i still went and saw solo <laughs> i mean I, you know you you've got a great wife that's all i can say to that one that too that that's marriage material if i've ever seen it she's like okay with that <laughs> cool 
I, I think we have to get to a point where we judge things by quality and we don't judge things by how they were received. Because I feel like when we rewatch the prequels, we're going to be like, you know, there's things about this that were a lot better than anyone gave it credit and would not mention, would not be mentioned in any of the reviews at the time or, you know, and, and the prequels have a glow of them that they never had before. So like, I'm at this point with Star Wars where I'm open to any interpretation of anything because, look, I'm seeing Star Wars in a different light right now. Here's the thing, too, right, is people don't understand how much their nostalgia is playing on them, right? Uh there were people that panned a new hope, right? But for a lot of people that were kids, when they saw it, they fell in love with it, right? It became culturally significant. Like we just said uh, offline, there's people that don't like Return of the Jedi, but there are some people that's their favorite movie because they were maybe even younger than the people that don't mm-hmm. like it. And it it they have the nostalgia for it. And then there's people like us that grew up with the prequels that look back at them fondly because it reminds us of when we were 10 years old getting drawn into this world. And then there are going to be the people that grow up with the sequels. That I mean, like, look, it's our, if you were eight years old when, um, let's say 10 years old, if you were 10 years old when Force Awakens came out, you are almost 20 years old. Oh, my God. <laughs> Two years from now is going to be 10 years from The Force Awakens. Stop. Jesus Christmas. So I I had a coworker, 19 years old, coworker say, what, you never watched Minions when you were a kid? And I was like, no, Minions came out when I was a grown adult. (laughs) I was like, a kid? I was like, a kid? I was freaking watching Lion King. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i was watching i was watching lion king you're like rugrats <laughs> yeah you know the old T- tmnt commercial is cartoon i was like are you kidding i was like my mind still has not recovered yeah yeah it's it's crazy to think about how quick it's gone for me right but it's like for some people that was their whole life they've grown up for eight years watching the force awakens or whatever. And for some of them, that's going to be their movies. And they're already kids that are like that. They're like, Ray is their favorite or, you know, Poe, a Finn. And then they're going to look back at those movies, which is why it's going to be perfect when the Ray movie comes out, because it's going to be at the time where they're 20 years old or something. And they're going to go, you know, watch the movie and be able to have money to spend and, and buy merch. And it's going to, it's mm-hmm. a cycle. It's, a, it's yeah. a cycle. I don't think there's a trilogy that I haven't had fun with. Like, I think I had a blast with this uh, sequel to a trilogy because I love a new hope. And of force awakens is so mirroring of a new hope that it's just, it's kind of a beautiful, Hey, this is the next generation of star Wars. And the last Jedi might be my favorite star Wars film other than rogue one, because it is an interesting deep dive. It is a take. It is compelling. Like, and it makes puts me on the edge of my seat. And I still love when Luke is taunting Kylo Ren with the Force Force Mirage. Like, uh, dude, one of the coolest things in Star Wars ever. So, I mean, there's not a trilogy. <laughs> there's not a Star Wars trilogy of the movies, 
that I haven't had some fun with. And again, the prequels. I was a kid. I was a kid, and I remember when Episode Three came out. That scene with that molten lava, <laughs> and only a Sith deals in absolutes on Mustafa. You know what's crazy uh, is that the uh, the spoiler culture was so different back then. Like the the novelization came out months before the movie i was reading the star wars novelization for revenge of the sith in my class and i was like ahead of time so i already knew everything going in this movie the book was actually a little better and i'll say that because the i was really excited for the palpatine fight with uh mace and you know uh kit fisto goes in there eth koth like they're all going in there and they get taken down in like two seconds it's a little bit more drawn out in the book and there's a part when Anakin's running in there. It's like on the ta- on the Palpatine's desk is like Kit Fisto's head just like severed on the desk. Oh shoot! That scene stuck with me when I read that book. And then I was seeing the movie, and I was like, "Oh no, they died like like nothing." Happy <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Anakin. Yeah, exactly. I, I think the prequels suffered. <laughs> I think the prequels suffered from having to sell. Th- toys to kids and i think that to that it had he to be always a four that, qu- he, he always no, did that <laughs> no but it had to be a four quadrant film that got you in got you out it, it had to it had to appeal to be so broad in general but none I, of that's I, true though chris because like what i'll say is like george but that's had, how they thought of it that, that but no no like the studio had no say it was all george george it was just has yeah. yeah yeah 20th century fox only had distribution so there was no like studio mandate of like we have to sell toys or i mean there was kind of for george because he owned the toy rights so i mean yeah. he makes billions <laughs> off of that but you know like he he wasn't caring about four quadrant film or anything he was making it for himself uh, at that point mm. and right, that's fair i i just let's get I back think... to ahsoka though by the way yes. uh, we... yeah yeah that's a great idea. A little tangent there as we're... What's we're that tangent for? It's, like, it's more of a wrap. Like I said, we did our main instant yeah, reaction. Yeah, yeah. But this is more of just kind of like a an open forum. You know, kind of so, the last so day. So Morgan Ellsweb's sword. That yes. sword was so freaking cool. Mm. And when she slices... When sword Ahsoka slices out. her in half, it's just like... That was one of those... It was almost, it happened too fast. It was so, it was like, oh shit. Like the gravity of the situation almost didn't land because there was so much going on and it happened really quick in the fight, in my opinion. But it was such a good fight. I thought the choreography was fantastic. I know there was that scene where Ahsoka, you know, seemed a little slower, the lightsaber. And, you know, we were talking about that the uh, last night. But mm-hmm. I, I really loved a lot of the choreography, the fighting in this. Yeah, I think I think it was just whatever they were directing for her of because uh, I know we talked about it on the live stream, but we didn't talk about it on the episodes. So I figure we can talk about it here. Uh, yeah, I think it was just the way that they had her blocking made it look like so methodical and just kind of like mm-hmm. so easy for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it kind of looked fake at times just because she was like doing it by like you know, because it looked it was like so smooth and like fluid. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And it was a little slow, too. Like, you know, usually we're used to seeing, like, the blasters be really fast and, like, blocking like this in the prequels. But it was a little bit more slow, methodical Mm -hmm. stuff, which made it look a little little weird. But then she absolutely killed it with the Elsbeth fight. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. That that whole fin and it was cool seeing the blade of Talzin again, like just another Clone Wars flashback for us nerds at the end. It's like and even like Chris, you didn't know what that was, but you were just like, dude, this is this is this, dope. I was like, yes. Well, it kind of reminded me of Legends of Tomorrow and the Hell Weapons. Mm-hmm. And like it even had the green ting to them. Uh so I was like I was like, I I didn't say this in the show because I knew it was like the wrong place, but I was like that's a hell weapon. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it, it's it was it was very very cool, and it was it was very also in line just with, you know, we've heard a lot about how you know Dave Filoni kind of always viewed Ahsoka as like the last samurai type of deal, and there's always been such heavy influence from that kind of uh, I don't want to say culture, but you know what I'm saying. There's always been a lot of heavy sort of samurai influence with Ahsoka and especially in this series. So that just inserting the blade of Talzin into this was just very kind of on brand with what we'd seen so far. And it just, it fit really awesome. Yeah, no, that was really, really great. But like you said, yeah, that influence goes just like Dave has really followed on it, but I mean, really it's been there since it's all. Yeah. 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 For sure. sure. That's what like, that's what's so awesome. Like Dave just follows, like he really is George's apprentice. He is mm-hmm. the one that is able to follow through with that stuff. And like we mentioned before, when we're talking about maybe deep force stuff coming up, it's I, I trust no one more than Dave when it comes to making changes with the force or any sort of lore that we know with the force. I know some people are a little upset that Sabine, was so fr- proficient with the force after that, but uh, you know, after she ma- called the blade to her, but the way I look at it is that she was very just confident in her abilities after the lightsaber actually came to her. Mm-hmm. And two, she's been training for years, right? Like we don't know how long she trained under her. That was her breakthrough. But that was her breakthrough that she got over the hurdle that she couldn't get over. It's not like she just started training last week like she was training with ahsoka at one point she left she tried to keep up with her training she said to ahsoka this episode and then she she finally once she had the breakthrough she said she felt confident enough to say i can do this i don't have a problem with that the way some people have um i think who yang would even be proud (laughs) oh yeah definitely definitely he would Hugh Yang, let's talk about that. He had a great mm-hmm. scene that we didn't really get to talk about with Ezra building his new lightsaber. And it, it feels like just at this moment is when he finds out that Kanan was Ezra's master, maybe. I mean, like, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting because he knows Hera and he knows Jason and he was telling Jason about Kanan. So it's like he has that connection, but he, I guess he didn't know much about Ezra's past. But it did throw me off a little bit too. I was like, huh? But then I just, the moment itself was so great that I just, I got lost again and seeing Kanan's, it, not exactly Kanan's lightsaber, obviously, but mm-hmm. just kind of like the, the, but the emitter, person. the emitter is like the twin, it's, right? It's Kanan's emitter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not literally. I think they needed you know some exposition. 
I think uh, they needed a little exposition in the in the in the scene. I think they needed exposition for me, who has not seen Rebels. It was very helpful. Yeah, no, that's understandable. Um, I want to clear up something too. If it, for somebody like Chris who hasn't, if you haven't seen Rebels, they they call him by two names. They say Caleb and they say Kanan, and the reason why is because he was Caleb Dune, Doom, and, as a Jedi. And then when Order 66 happened and he went into hiding, he started going by Kanan, so that way nobody would know that he was a Jedi. Um, he really wanted to make it as different as possible from yeah. his original name, too. Yeah, Kanan <laughs> Jarrus instead of Caleb Dune. Yeah. It's not uh, quite Ben Kenobi, but... It's like if you heard somebody say it wrong, you could still... You're, or like you heard somebody say it quick, you know, Kanan, Caleb, like it's... it's yeah, like... true, true. <laughs> But yeah, he was a little smarter than Obi-Wan where <laughs> instead of just going by Ben Kenobi and you're like, huh, I wonder if there's any relation. Yeah. <laughs> he's got totally he's different got be, there's, there's a million Kenobis on Tatooine. He's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like he could have been like Ben Ken or something. <laughs> Luke, who had no idea who Obi-Wan is, was like, oh, you think he means Ben Kenobi? <laughs> if that happened with Kanan, you'd be like, Caleb? No, sorry. <laughs> I know a Canaan, but that's not even close, man. <laughs> uh, it's kind of right. like when, uh, you know what that reminds me of? It's kind of like when people be like, do you know Joe from like Westminster High? And you're like, no, but I know a, I know a gym. And you're like, that's not what I asked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't care if you know a gym. I'm asking if you know yeah. Joe. But it's like, oh, I, I always good. think it's funny. Like people don't know what to say usually to that if you're like, you know, like if I was in, like, if I say where I go to school is where I went to school, some people would be like, Oh, do you know this person? And I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Hmm. And they're like, well, what about this guy? And I'm like, no, I don't like, can we just stop the conversation here at this point? Like, yeah, you know, like, like, if you say you're from you're a city, give me another five like, names. you know this person, yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, please Google the population size of the city. Yeah. Like, I know my town was small, but dang. Uh, I have to go. I have this dagger and I have to go line it up to some Death Star ruins. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. See you guys. Yeah. Right. But Caleb, yeah. So that's why he says, like, Caleb in there, if he even caught it, I think he only said it once. Uh, Huang said Caleb, but uh, yeah, this was a great scene to kind of also show again to people how old Hugh Yang is, right? He remembers like every single lightsaber, he uh, has all the records, he's trained every single person that's made a lightsaber. Um, so it is, and it was just funny too when. You know, he's judging Ezra and he's like, who even taught you how to make that? He said, Kanan. And he's like, well, I taught Kanan how to do that, you know? So just <laughs> egg on great. his face a little bit. Yeah. I never thought we'd see Ezra and like Yang interact like this. And it's mm-hmm. great to see these characters who have been part of different mediums, you know, kind of intersecting and uh, hopefully people that haven't watched are starting to love some of these characters as well, because uh, I really dig these. I mean, I kind of like who Yang and Ezra, uh, I like both of those characters and I didn't have a connection to them. I don't know Ezra enough to like we say, I love him as a character, but I'm all about the turtle people and he was friends with the turtle people. So he's got some, he's got some sway with me. One day we'll get a tag team match. Who Yang and chopper versus R2 and uh, C3PO. <laughs> Ooh. 
Oh man, the fact that Chopper, like a dog, knew it was Ezra too. Yeah, I loved that. Oh, it was great. How did they not add a droid fighting game? Like you just have a fighting (laughs) game. It's like R two versus BB eight. You're just like most droids are not like homicidal maniacs like Chopper is. So I mean, uh, for for most droids, (laughs) a fighting game is not gonna is not gonna register. Uh, yeah. for a lot of fans, but yeah, Chopper would win that. Around. Chopper's like, <laughs> <laughs> Chopper would win every battle. Yeah. I oh, just by, think it'd be like a funny, a silly round, little like. I think it'd be a silly little arcade game, you know. I like don't think that, you could get like, like PlayStation Five with it. To... What was that show, BattleBots, that used to be on TV or whatever yeah, it was? Yeah, yeah. Oh, good times. Um. Uh... I'm trying to think of any other big things. Did you have any other theories that you said? You said you maybe had multiple theories that were coming out. Um, so the the Abeloth one was the big one. Um, trying to on the spot, I can't think of any more actual like like legend theories. Um, you know things in that vein. Um, something like. Well, here, let's do this. Uh, Chris, as the perspective of somebody who hadn't seen Rebels, like, I know, obviously, it was a it was a satisfying conclusion for you. But was is there anything that you like? Is there any questions that you may have, like coming out of this that? You know, maybe you think, oh, it's just either something I didn't know because I didn't see Rebels or if, or, if it's, or is this something that none of us know like type of thing. Like, is there anything coming from this uh, episode that you like burning question type of deal? I have no clue what we're talking about with the father, the mother, the son thing. I have no clue what we're talking about with Mortis Gods. I've been afraid to ask. I um, <laughs> like I'm like, do I even really want to know? Like, it, you know, yeah, it's crazy stuff. So I, well, I, 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 I was going to say, if you want me to explain that real quick for anybody that hasn't watched the Mortis arc and stuff, like I had a friend at work today say like he's, he, he saw a few seasons of Clone Wars, never saw the Mortis stuff. So he was felt like he was missing something there. And I just want to like, kind of reiterate what I told him. So, uh, cause I said, you're not really missing anything. Okay. Uh, what you're, what you're missing it what he was missing at least i explained to him that there are the father the daughter and the son and to break it down even more there was this arc on the clone wars three episodes where they kind of had this shared force vision it was ahsoka obi-wan and anakin where they were on mortis and they interacted with these characters the daughter the son and the father and the son was kind of hinting to Anakin about his fall to the dark side and all that kind of stuff. Really great episode. But really, that's all they've appear, appeared in canonic, you know, canonically, right? Is that they appeared on the Jedi Temple in Lothal in Rebels, which is where the entrance to the world between worlds was. And then they appear in these statues here. So really anything that people are like, this thing is exactly happening. They're, they're basing it more off of legends or which is the pre Disney 
canon or they're just making up their own stuff to try to like have a theory about what these mm-hmm. people stand for and what they mean. So uh basically the father was like the balance of the force the daughter was the light side of the force and the son was the dark side of the force and that's pretty much all there is to know about them and then people just kind of lose their mind and are always they've been theorizing about mortis since it aired right so there's a lot of people hedging their bets that this is going to be a huge thing but i wouldn't be shocked if it stays kind of more surface level where uh like maybe they're a little scared to go fully into force god type you know stuff it sounds a little bit like how they handled the world between worlds in the show uh, yeah everybody thought it was going to be way more involved than it was right right and everyone's trying to get multiverse into star wars and all that stuff so like i i understand that to a degree um i kind of want to know what they do with shin i'm very curious about what they do with shin and I was confused that there was this group of uh, raiders on this planet. Where did that come from? And why was that not brought up at any point before this? That was really the thing that was scratching at me. But um, if she's like going to lead these raiders, I can get into that. But like what else is on this planet that we don't know about? Well, we did have the raiders. Uh, Sabine fought them on her way to... Ezra. See, I just grouped them in with Thrawn stuff. I just grouped, in, like, oh. mentally, I grouped them in with their Thrawn stuff, because they were trying to kill Sabine, so I was just like... Oh, no, no, no. I, yeah, so, I think she, I think they mentioned there was raiders out there or whatever when they were telling her to be careful or something. I don't know. Something like are that. the raiders connected to the other galaxy, or are they mm-hmm. just no. natives? And. And that's well, that's kind of like the cool part and what I'm interested to see with them. Like, are they like the I don't want to say the Mandalorians of this planet, but like, is there like some big backstory with their group? And do they have this code that they live by? And like, I'm very interested to flesh them out more if that's the route they go. They could very easily just also end up being uh, cannon fodder group of the week, you know, just kind of the Mm -hmm. ones that Shin uses to have an army. But I hope not because they are, you know, they look really cool and stuff. It would be like kind of cool to see how living beings, I mean, we already kind of saw it with Ezra and the Turtles, but just how living beings have been surviving on this, what for all intents and purposes looks like a desolate planet that's basically nothing but like religious temples and like things like that way out here in the middle of nowhere. So yeah, like no um, civilization. Um, Yeah. No crops, no, like, there's, like, how do you survive? Like, you know? Yeah, they are, uh, they are natives. They speak the same language as the turtles, the language of Nati, uh, N-O-T-I. So they they better not eat the turtles. No, I I think they might. I don't know. But I think, I think with Ahsoka watching over them, they'll be fine. Um, yeah, so they're just natives. And I'm assuming, like, I, I saw some people questioning, why would Shin be going to these people why wouldn't she go to thrawn and i think it kind of goes back to what i said last week would your master abandon you you failed to kill uh to kill sabine and ezra are you going to go back to thrawn who does not care about you at all no No. i'm sorry you don't uh uh, so what i assume is she's she's finding her calling 
She's kind of getting her do over. Uh, I don't know where she's going to end up. Is she going to end up being still more evil and kind of lead them as like a ruler? Or is she going to just be like this figurehead for them that they respect and, and you know, uh, what is her plan with them? Maybe she wants to have them to go after the characters like Sabine and Ezra, Sabine and Ahsoka, or maybe she wants to go after Balin, right? That was the one person that ever cared about her. And uh, I don't know. I think that is very interesting. I kind of like her just, you know, lighting the lightsaber and kind of showing it to me. That's like a dominating move of, here I am. Yes. I will lead you. Follow. It was me. a great moment, and mm-hmm. I think the orange lightsaber is perfect for her because I don't think she's got much evil in her heart, but she's got a lot of things that are going to lead her to the dark side. She's got resentment. Um, she's going to have a lot of anger with Balin and frustration, uh, clouded judgment because she was following somebody that wasn't really taking her on a path that was for her a you know she, she had nothing to do with the greater calling of uh, that Balin was talking about so i think she's got a lot of stuff that's going to lead her to the dark side but i've seen enough evidence in the show to go they don't want to go full evil with her they just don't want to do it so i think she's perfect with the orange lightsaber anti-hero role that's yeah. what i think i agree and i could i could even like sort of see it end up being a thing where like she they all kind of end up coming to terms i guess with with ahsoka and all them would be the the way to put it so to where you know maybe things are looking bleak in the ga- in our galaxy and thrawn is is you know laying laying waste to everything and all these things that we see in mando season four hopefully and then here comes ahsoka with the cavalry you know what i mean she's got shin and um uh uh, sabine and all these raiders and we don't again we don't know what's happening with balin but like it it could be sort of that that's like the 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 turning point tide the turning point of the tides in this war that's coming with thrawn so there's a lot of we say all that to say that there is a lot of ways they could go with that uh yeah yeah Lots, lots for shin very yes ways that range in sophistication and scope and all that good stuff nice and then we kind of have we we kind of have ahsoka say like let's let it go Mm. right to to sabine are are we thinking she's talking about just like the thrawn stuff altogether? because some people are upset that she was so active about trying to get thrawn and then now she's like let it go but yeah, was she trying I, to move on? Yeah, I kind of think it's kind of more of a look. We're stuck here, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's no way for us to potentially get off of here, yeah, right now. So mm-hmm. they know Ezra got back. Ezra can tell them that they were left behind. You know, like there, there's nothing to worry about right now. I think she's like, we're exactly where we need to be. That's what she says, and I, I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. She says that, I, I believe she said it after she saw the more eye. I think there is something there that she's like, okay, this place might hold more significance than I originally thought. Mm-hmm. And I think she's going to want to kind of explore that. She knows it's probably going to take them a while to, but it's not like the new Republic can't build 
the hyperspace ring, right? Because they were stealing it from the Star Destroyers mm-hmm. that were in their lives. Yeah. So they can they can get more hyperspace stuff and build a new one. It, it might just take a bit. Yeah. There was a split second when Sabine is looking off into the distance. And she's looking at that bright light coming down. And I was like, Pergils? There was a split <laughs> second where I was like, she hear Pergils? She's she sensing Pergils? And um, I'm kind of glad they didn't do it because it would have kind of cheapened the ending of the show. But I had a hunch they were going to do it. So I'm, I'm glad they didn't. But I'm glad they didn't, too. That would have... It would have essentially, like, thrown a... Uh, it would have been a sledgehammer to the whole, like, foundation of the show because mm. the whole thing was based on, like, how hard it is to get to hyperspace and everything. And then they just happened to, to hitch a ride on whales, like, so conveniently. I think, yeah, that would have... It would have definitely yeah. jammed it, for sure. I think they could eventually, because, uh, you know, we hear that they're supposed to travel back there at some point, but... You know, they just noped out of there with the because of the mines, right? They're not going to immediately come back. And what do you think she saw then? What do you think maybe she saw a glimpse of Anakin, uh, Sabine? Because she was kind of staring like, what? You know, and then she, and then we do see Anakin, uh, Forest Ghosts and stuff. So, like, what do you think she saw? Or I don't think she saw it. I think she felt it. I I think she, she, I think she felt it. I think. I think she felt it. I don't think she saw it. I don't think she can see it. But I think it's cool that she felt it. So that's in my head what's going on. I'm thinking nobody saw it, right? I do think that uh, that was for us to see the Force Ghost um, is what I kind of got. And if that's the last you see of Hayden Christensen, put it in there. Why not? It's great. Yep. And all y'all stay out of my damn TikTok comments telling me otherwise. But, um... (laughs) <laughs> yeah like my my uh processing of it was uh, a combination of what you both just said i don't think he was seen by either of them but i think sabine felt it enough to know that like eh, you know that's that's interesting i feel something weird but she's not strong enough with the force yet to know and i think ah- ahsoka knew exactly what it was she just didn't see it so like i think she very much knew that it was anakin kind of putting the proverbial hand on her shoulder and being like, you know, now is your time to complete this circle, this cycle that, you know, we've all been through in this family that you're a part of the, the force family, as I like to put it, you know what I mean? The, the lineage of, from Ahsoka to Anakin to uh, Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon. Now Sabine is, is kind of part of that. And it's, it's the next step of the cycle. So I think it was very much just, her getting the uh, the confirmation she needed that she's finally on the path she needs to be on. Awesome. Uh, anything else uh, before we wrap I, up? Uh, I just had one thought about Ezra. Sure. And we we talked. We were thinking about Ezra maybe would finish her training or take over as kind of the master. And I'm so glad because of everything we just talked about. They didn't go in that that route, and I think the scene with Hu Yang kind of led us away from that in the first place. So mm-hmm. I thought that it was really well crafted as a story, and I thought good good writing leaves those possibilities where you think that could happen, but then you understand why it didn't. So I thought they did a very good job with that. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's going to train Jason, right? I think that makes more yeah. sense than, you know, that's Kanan's kid. That's, you know, I think that makes more sense than Ahsoka taking Jason on or whatever. So I, mm-hmm. I think that's a real possibility. Yeah. That wouldn't shock me one bit. Actually, like now that you say that I hadn't even, it was just not one of those things that had popped into my head, but I would be more surprised if it didn't happen at this point. Like maybe they kind of get their own little series down the line. Probably I'd imagine that would be something that came after the movie. Yeah. Like all this stuff they're building up towards now, but I could, I could totally see that. Um, just, I guess while we're kind of wrapping a bow on this thing once and for all, I guess just, it would be smart to, you know, each kind of give one last, you know, what what you thought of it, what it meant to you, whatever. And right now, I know I, like this stuff has to marinate and stuff like that, and it's got to take time. But where you guys would rank it amongst your favorite Star Wars, period. Oh, this not is just, so hard. Not just Disney Plus, but period. Um, hmm. So I'll go I'll first. Start, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I'll, I'll follow start. your example. Gotcha. I'll start. Um, this was a, if I would say it was a complete rebirth for star Wars, even though it was completely laden with the, the star Wars kind of, uh, I guess like aesthetic tropes, whatever you want to call it. Um, it. It very much felt like the beginning of the new era of star Wars for me. It was perfect. Um, in, in the entire eight episodes, there was one episode that I had any complaint about at all. And the complaints I had were pretty minor and I still had fun with it. The episode last week, um, it, it was every single week felt like a community thing. Everybody like besides from, again, the people we talked about before who were just, they won't like anything. Uh, it, it felt the most together. The star Wars fandom has been in a very long time the most communal it has in a long time. It's been, it's been awesome. I I hesitate to even call this a show. I think it was more an experience and it is my favorite star Wars project over, over episode one right now. Again, we'll see a year from now if I have that answer. Uh, But right now I feel good in saying that it is my favorite star Wars. So, Overall, really enjoyed the show. I think that this is one of the best Star Wars Disney Plus shows. I also think it's probably one of the best Disney Plus shows. I felt like Period, it looked yeah. very good cinematically. I think uh, the music was really great by the Kiners, uh, Kevin Kiner. They also had just like it was. It wasn't like a long movie divvied into parts. Like I felt like each episode was actually an episode and it felt like a continuation of one of my favorite projects, which is rebels, right? Like I really enjoyed rebels more than I thought I would. I like it better than clone wars because I always liked having instead of clone wars where they'd be like, here's three Jar Jar episodes. Here's three R2 and C3P episodes. And then here's three Anakin Obi-Wan Ahsoka episodes. It's like we were with our rebel crew. We followed them through all four seasons and it really helped the character development. So then seeing them make the leap, to live action was really fulfilling. And I think they translate it really well to live action. So I, I really dug this a lot. I like exploring a new galaxy. I like the lore that they're building up with this new planet. Like this is kind of what I've been asking for. I had a, 
I think one of the first podcasts I did on here was right after Rise of Skywalker, and it was my friend Logan and I kind of talking about what do we want to see. I wanted to start seeing a brand new time frame, brand new adventures, show me characters that are, you know, people I don't know, right? And while that's not the case with this, I feel like we're kind of getting that brand new time frame by just exploring a whole new galaxy, which is not like, oh, we're at Tatooine again. Oh, we're mm-hmm. going hitting the same notes that you want to hit all the time. Mm-hmm. I kind of got that with High Republic, and I'm getting it now with this. And I do hope someday we're, we're going to be getting it with the, if that movie goes through, right? The Mangold, 25,000 years ago, Dawn of the Jedi. I want that kind of stuff because Star Wars, I think the universe itself is such a huge opportunity. But we kind of, like I said, like last week or two weeks ago, we keep going back to between three and four every time, right? And I'm like, let's move on from that. I kind of want to move on from the Skywalker saga timeline. And Mm -hmm. that's why I'm so excited about the Ray one. Okay, great. You killed off all the main characters. Let's go forward and start expanding the universe again. Let's let's move forward. I want to start seeing or jump even 500 years in the future. I want to start seeing different things. I don't want to see stormtroopers every week. I don't want to see TIE fighters every week. You know, I want something brand new. And I know that's scary for some, and that's why they keep going back to that stuff, right? Because they know the nostalgia will hit. But this show kind of gave me a bits of nostalgia, but also bits of brand new stuff. And I think that is what is so exciting. I love when we get new planets. I love when we get new, you know, ideas. So that has been what has really driven me to like this show so much. I would probably rank it as my favorite Disney plus star Wars show right now. Um, quality wise. I still think Andor probably knocked it out of the park when you're talking about production values. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's easier for Andor. They're not traveling to new galaxies. They're not doing all that stuff. They're focused on real, like the real people in the galaxy. So it's a lot mm-hmm. easier to film that type of stuff and make it look really cinematic. It's like breaking bad in the, you know, yeah. uh, you know, Breaking Ballroom. Bad's not worried about traveling to the next galaxy. Uh, I would watch that though. Uh, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Mr. White, where do we go? Shut he up. He can't Jesse. keep getting away. We're in a with brand that. new galaxy. Say my name. Uh, but so then we're uh, overall Star Wars wise. I find that much harder to peg down where this is, especially right now. Uh, for me, I think the films usually trump any of the TV shows. Mm. So just because they're usually telling a much bigger story. Now, this one did tell a hell of a big story in this, you know, eight episodes. But overall, project wise, I, I don't know if I can tell you, but TV show wise, I think this might be my favorite as it currently stands. It's definitely the one I'll probably revisit more often. Mm-hmm. All right, so I guess it's my turn. I think follow that. <laughs> I don't think this is a fair answer. And, and, and I want to start with what I'm looking for with Star Wars before I get into it because Jordan got a little idea bubble about it. 
I think this show really sparked my interest in Star Wars to a point where, you know, I've been like, oh, I should watch Clone Wars. I should watch Rebels before this. And, you know, I, I, I should catch up on all this stuff. And because I've always kind of been interested, but not quite attached to it. So, and I've always watched the movies and I've watched most of them multiple times. Uh, so I'm a casual Star Wars fan. But what I'm looking for is for something new, like Jordan just said, with Ray uh, continuing after the sequel trilogy and a new era that becomes my Star Wars right after I got into the franchise a reborn way. Um, and that's what I'm looking forward to. So my favorite thing is going to be Ahsoka simply because I had a blast with you guys talking about it. I don't think I would have gotten into any of the stuff to this extent if we weren't doing the show. And the show was really fun. And I had a lot of zip zap pew pew, but it also had a lot. I feel like it was a mix of Kenobi's vibe with Andor's vibe. I think there was some, some stuff in there that kind of got everything because there was some heavy stuff in this. There was some heavy stuff. So I will say, I will say, I will say this is Ahsoka's my favorite. Um, and then I think it's Rogue One and The Last Jedi for me uh, would be my top three. And it's hard to put Ahsoka above a film. Uh, I also really love A New Hope. So it's, you can't, you know, A New Hope is almost a perfect film, especially when Luke is looking out into the stars and, you know, the, the twin sons. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a really awesome thing. And, you know, he's just so bored and he goes on the hero's journey and the, you know, do 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 do. It's perfect. Um. So, and that's that's you know, I wasn't a child when it came out, but I was a child when I had the VHS. So, you know, I'll go I'll go with Soka number one, but it's a difficult answer because there's so many different ways I could go with it. That's fair. Well, yeah, it's yeah. it's 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 been a great you know uh about six or seven weeks here uh with you guys and uh all the folks out there who've been listening to us on podcast and youtube the folks who joined us last night for the live stream like i said man it was an event and uh, i'm glad we all got to do it yeah it was great and chris just to kind of add to what you were saying i think it's best that you didn't watch anything before this because like if you were just trying to rush through those things as and they feel like homework, mm -hmm. it's not going to be enjoyable. At least this way you got the experience of the characters and now you're like, oh, if I want more, I can go watch I, more. I'm literally waiting for that time when I got nothing going on right. and I need something. I'm bored. I'm waiting for that time when I'm just I know I'm going to be able to binge it because, you know, one of the things with me with TV is it fits in when it fits in. When I have an appointment TV, like something that comes on on a weekly basis, that's easy for me to c keep up yeah. with. But when it's just like, hey, it's all there. You're like, oh, crap. It's, yeah. I, I'll get to it. I promise. <laughs> all right. So that'll wrap us up here. Thank you all for watching and joining us. 
Uh, you can reach us at Pod Awakens on all your social medias. That includes TikTok, Ron. Uh, but uh, you can also follow Ron on on TikTok as well, uh, which the same handle of his Twitter account, which is in the bio below. Jedi at Jedi Genasi G E N A S I for anybody who's listening on non visual means. I'm going to uh, I'm going to make an account that says at Jedi Geonosis. That way, it's really close, and then people confuse us, <laughs> and it's just you know a hard time no for them one, to find us. No one will ever know it's me. <laughs> uh, I <laughs> am going to be I'm going to be on a another star Wars podcast, rambling star Wars fan. I guessed um, on that. We talked about the Ewok films, which you can watch on Disney plus. Uh, have you seen any of those, Ron? I have not. They actually sound super interesting. Yeah, uh, jump in. Definitely. Yeah, dude, let me know. Um, like, give me the info on those. I want to check them out. Yeah. Car- Caravan of courage is the first one. It aired on ABC in 1984. And then in 1985 was uh, the better one. Uh, the uh, Battle for Endor, which starred Wilford Brimley as well. So, if as an Ewok, see... no, 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 <laughs> uh, he plays an Dude, old man, man just a, yeah, just a bunch of tiny Ewoks, and then just Wilford Brimley dressed up as an Ewok, <laughs> signature mustache still intact, yeah, the mustache. <laughs> And that premiered in 1985 on ABC. And uh, I was on there with Ken Bishop. He, we talked about, uh, you know, all about it. There's ways that you can kind of retroactively fit these in canon if you want. So it was a lot of fun. I kind of talked about how you could do that. Also, coming up, next episode for this, I'm recording that uh, soon. I've been working on it for months. My friend and I are finally going to get to it. It is uh, Logan... Uh, he, he's been on the pod before, but we've been working on this episode for months. I wanted to get it out before Ahsoka. We, I just slacked off, but it is, uh, a fun experiment of if star Wars films were introduced today, what would the post-credit scenes be at the end of each film? So we are adding our own post-credit scenes at the end of all the Star Wars films, uh, you can add mid credits, you can add post credits, you can add whatever you want. You can it just can't contradict canon. So if you don't like Last Jedi, at the end of Force Awakens, it can't be like Luke holds on to his lightsaber and never lets go. Like it, you know, what I'm saying like it can't break the canon, but you can create your own scenes. You can shift a scene from another movie to a different thing, or you can introduce the TV shows, whatever you want to do. Uh. I think mine is almost finally finished. So I'm supposed to be filming that, uh, you know, recording that in the next couple weeks here to get that out. Um, fun idea I had randomly when I rewatched return of the Jedi during the 40th, I went to the theaters and I just made a joke like, Oh, stick around for the mid credit scene. And I'm like, what would you put here at the end of return yeah. of the Jedi? And then my mind was racing and I was coming up with ideas. So that's that should be awesome fun. concept, dude. I can't wait to check that out. Yeah, and if anybody's listening that. that wants to send their ideas, go ahead and send your ideas of what they would be, and we can read them on air as well. Um, I will be, that's for damn sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm always interested to see what people would, how people would shift stuff. Challenge? Except. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that sounded like Thrawn there. Uh, but 
I was going for more Barney Stinson, so that's scary. <laughs> challenge accepted. Acceptable losses all around. Acceptable challenge. Premiering tomorrow is Loki on Disney+. Plus. I will be covering that over on our Marvel podcast to the Infinity Saga and Beyond. My friend Casey McGeorge, who covered She-Hulk. He covered uh, Secret Invasion. And he covered WandaVision with me is going to be joining me for the journey of Loki season two. I actually just binged season one again uh, in one sitting and it flows really well uh, as a binge as well. But yeah, so I'll be covering those uh, that episode. I'm going to try to get up Friday night as soon as possible with the episodes dropping Thursday evening. They kind of took the Ahsoka approach of things. But yeah, so that's what I've got coming down the pike uh, for us here. Uh, and do you I guys have anything you want to plug? I know I just probably talked forever. <laughs> He's a busy man. Um, no, I think you got it. Like I said, uh, follow me over on TikTok at Jedi Genasi, J-E-D-I-G-E-N-A-S-I. Uh, I do most of my Star Wars posting over there, but also on Twitter with that same handle. And uh I'm really looking for a lot of new people to kind of, uh, you know, chop up with, network with, just talk about this nerdy galaxy far, far away and beyond now that we all love. So drop me a follow. I follow back. Nice. All right. You can follow me two places. You can follow me at footballman58 on Twitter. You get the Raven stuff and most of my general personality. You get some DC stuff sneaking in there on that account. And then you have uh, at Multiversal Omni is Chris Talks Comics, um, and you know I I, I like what to a talk stupid name Multiversal. <laughs> inside joke, but inside uh, yeah, I was gonna say inside joke for people. It's funny. He's not it's, just coming at I'm Chris, not, right? I'm not. I'm not. Oh, yeah. After. After eight weeks of just all great times together, dude, man, what dude. a stupid Twitter name you have. Uh, but Chris I, also appears... With a thumbs up, I get the middle figure. Chris also appears with me uh, on Ellis World's a DC fan podcast. Yep. Ron's made appearances on there where mm-hmm. we talk DC comics, DC films, all that good stuff. So uh, make sure you follow us over there if you are a Star Wars fan that also really likes DC comics and DC films. But yeah, so thank you all for watching and uh, listening along. We will be doing more content as we go along, but just thank you all for joining us on this Ahsoka journey, and we will catch you next time.